Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Hello, how's everyone doing? It's good. A good morning to you. Get the right level here. I'm really excited to be with you today. I am finishing up um, from what I, actually Dan had taught uh, last week, and so we're in the the series fulfilled, experiencing the way of the good and kind God. And this is based on a book, if you ever, I don't know if anyone's gotten the book or the audio file, it's by Rich Velotis called Good and Beautiful and Kind. It's really a nice book that just kind of gives you a different side. I think it, it, it really steps through um, I, not only ideas as we follow Christ, but there, there are convicting things in there, there are joyful things in there, and, and last week, Dan talked about this surprising revelation that we will have conflicts, you know, well done, Dan, it was so surprising, I couldn't believe it yet, but not only conflicts and just relationships that we have, friendships, marriages, in the, he even said in the church, <gasps> Shocking, yes. And so now we're kind of on the other side of that and saying, you know, we recognize that there are going to be times that we bump up against one another and we have conflicts. And what we're going to do today is probably look at one of the most, most important aspects of dealing with con conflict. I would, I would say this is the most important aspect, but um, let me... Um, but let me start out. Let's start off with a very important question, okay? What is your favorite Western movie? What's your favorite Western movie? Once Upon a Time in the West, okay? Shane! Does he die at the end? Does he die at the end? Yeah, okay. There's, that's a little controversial. Blazing Saddles, there you go, okay, Blazing Saddles, a little humorous one there, okay, what else? True Grid, oh, that's, and that's an old one and a more recent one, any other ones that are good? Tombstone, that's right, yeah, and so you think of these westerns, now there's a whole, the Clint Eastwood westerns, right? You got the old ones, right, the uh, Pale Rider, you might have seen that. Um, one of my favorite, and I was trying to think, is this my favorite Western of his? I, I think it is one of my favorites. Has anyone ever seen Unforgiven? Oof, yeah. So Unforgiven, if you haven't seen it first, see the TV version. <laughs> I recommend that. It's a little less intense than the uh, movie version. Um, but it... It, it, you know, I always wondered, whenever I saw that title, what did they mean? Because it's a Western, and you think Unforgiven, and you kind of get it at the end of the movie. You see, he's a gunslinger. There are other gunslingers. There's a sheriff. There are, are women that have been abused and uh, women that have hired a gunslinger, and there's the, all this death and destruction and even at the end of the movie, there's just this sorrow as the, 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 the gunslinger walks away and just realizes his, what's just happened. And I, I think the reason I like that movie is it kind of shows us what 
a world of unforgiveness is. It's this idea that we walk away with loss. When we have conflicts in our, our, our relationships, if we stay in unforgiveness, we walk away as the gunslinger with loss. And, you know, whenever we uh, look at this in, in, in conflict and situations, the thing I want to talk about today is forgiveness. And I want to walk, walk, walk through forgiveness with you and what this looks like whenever we have conflicts, okay? Let me, let me just pray. I need to pray right here because I'm a little nervous about this message. So let, let me just pray right now. Father God, I just, um, I pray for your kindness and compassion. Um, I pray for our relationships here, the things that are going to come to people's minds. And I, I do, I, I pray for your embrace of kindness and compassion as we talk about forgiveness and as we think about relationships and hurts and the Lord, I, I pray that the words that I say are true. Uh, just change them now, Lord. Um, but I also pray that they go out and they accomplish what you want to today in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for that. Um, so we're going to look at um, a verse, and I think this is, I, this is one of those verses, if you've got a black marker, you might want to take this verse and mark it out of your Bible, okay? <laughs> That's the way I feel about this verse. But it's, it's one of those that you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I like this one being in the Bible. So it's actually in Ephesians. And let me give you a little Bible. I like to give a little Bible nerd land, okay? So Ephesians is one of the prison epistles. So if you think about it, there were four letters that Paul, who was an apostle, who spread the gospel around the area at that time, around the Middle Eastern area and around the Mediterranean area. And Ephesians was a church that was in Turkey, in modern-day Turkey. And it was a commercial center. You think of New York City, that commercial center where a lot of commerce went through. It was also a religious center. There was, uh, uh, high atop, there was this magnificent temple that was there to worship uh, Diana, and in there, there was a church that was started, and, and while Paul was in prison in Rome, this was about 60 AD, right around that time, around 60 AD, Paul wrote this letter to this church, and in this church, the thing that he recognized um, was that there were, there were spiritual people in the that church that had these riches in Christ Jesus. You know, think of a, 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 a person is so rich, but yet they're living so poorly. And that's what he expressed to them. And, and some people call it the spiritual paupers. It's, it's just the beggars that don't realize how much wealth they have, that they had uh, this bank account of adoption in Christ that they had accepted acceptance from Jesus and, and redemption and forgiveness. And he, he says, look, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to seal your relationship with Christ. And he talks about grace and mercy, and just this bank account that we have spiritually uh, as followers of Jesus Christ. And so if you look at the first three chapters, there's six chapters in Ephesians. The first three chapters 
are our position in Christ, who we are in Jesus Christ. And then he goes, and there's three chapters after we know our position in Christ, who we are in Christ, then it is the practice of Christ. What should we look like if we're following Jesus Christ? And that's what you see in Ephesians. And let's just start off there. We're going to kind of gradually go in, and I'll tell you when to take your black marker out. Okay, so <laughs> I'm joking, right? You guys know I'm joking? Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it starts, starts like this. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worth, worthy of the calling you have received it. You know, it's, you're, you are a follower of Jesus, now look like it, right? That's what he's kind of saying there. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond, I love this, through the bond of peace, that as we come together, we're going to be bonded by peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called, to one hope when you were called. And now he goes through, so he's listing out there, this is what behavior should look like. And he, he talks about how we should live as Christians. He talks about uh, gifts. He lists behavior. He says, put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. In your anger, do not sin. You may have heard that verse. Uh, if you are stealing, steal no longer. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And so he goes through those. Okay, get your black marker out now. This, I think for me, is one of just a convicting verse in the Bible, and it says this. It's in verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Let your forgiveness look like the forgiveness from Jesus Christ. Wow, I mean, you think about that. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, for me, my forgiveness a lot of times looks a lot different than the Lord's forgiveness. You know, if I think about it, if I'm honest about it, my forgiveness is about balance, right? My forgiveness is about bringing things into balance. So when someone wrongs me, what do I want them to do? I want them to grovel enough and grovel and, and you know, come on their knees and, and to the point that they feel the hurt that I felt and that we're equal now and everything's in balance, right? <laughs> and that's sometimes the way I want to forgive. That's kind of how I ask forgiveness, you know. Um, I kind of even want their groveling for them to feel worse than I did, you know? And that's an idea that I have of forgiveness sometimes. But look at Jesus' forgiveness. I mean, think about the way that Jesus Christ forgives. I, you know, Jesus Christ on the cross said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that, it's, that's scandalous. That's not fair, right? I'm there. Look, let's look at fairness. That is not fair. That is just scandalous. But then I, I, I just look and I go, I want that scandal, you know, for me, right? You know, 
I want Jesus to forgive me no matter what. And he does, you know? And it's funny, for me, I want that. There's a uh, paraphrase of C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity. He has a, a, a chapter on forgiveness. And someone paraphrased him, and I, I love the way they wrote this. This is what they said. There is always someone I think of good. There is someone I love, even though I don't approve of what he does. There is someone I accept, though some of his thoughts and actions revolt me. There is someone I forgive, though he hurts the people I love the most. That person is me. I always want that kind of forgiveness. I want that total scandalous forgiveness from Jesus Christ. And the thing about that is, why is that? Why is Jesus forgiving like that? And it's because it's his nature to forgive. It is Christ Jesus' nature to forgive you. I mean, it's just part of him. Like, if you think of what my personality is like, the personality of Jesus Christ is to forgive. There's an old story about an, uh, about an old man who was on the bank of a river, and there was, a, there was this, this scorpion that had fallen into the river, and he reached out his hand, and as you might expect, the scorpion stung him, and so he grimaces in pain. And, and then there's an onlooker that's looking at him, just thinking, oh, old man, what are you doing? And he sees again the old man reaches in and, and reaches to try to save the scorpion. The scorpion just stings him again and, and, and stings him to, to the point he grimaces and even grows a little faint. And the, the younger man said to the older man in this story, you know, what are you doing? Don't you know that it's the nature of the scorpion to sting? That's his nature. That's what the scorpion's going to do. And the old man said, don't you know it's my nature to save? That's what it means to be the nature. Jesus cannot help but save. It is Jesus's nature. And if Jesus is living in me, if I am following Jesus I want that. I want that nature to forgive. You know, Jesus really taught forgiveness, I would say, in, in the New Testament in two ways. There's a parable and there is a prayer. And so let's look at both of those today. So the parable is actually found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. And this is the parable of the unmerciful servant. Let me kind of set this up. So, so Jesus is teaching the disciples, and Peter comes up. Yay, Peter, you know, say what's in my head that I don't say out loud. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> you know, and So one of the disciples comes up to Jesus, and, and they're talking, and, and it says this in uh, verse 21. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, it was Jewish tr tradition at that time that you would forgive someone three times if they asked forgiveness, okay? And so, <laughs> so Peter's kind of doing the, okay, I'll multiply by two and I'll add one for good measure. Okay, seven times, that ought to be good, right? I'm a good guy, right? And, and Jesus answers this, I tell you, 
not seven times, but 77 times. You know, basically, this must have really shocked them, as shocking as plucking an eye out or, or cutting off a hand for stealing. It must have been shocking to them that the point of forgiveness is not the number, it's the nature of the forgiveness. And then Jesus goes and tells a parable. Now, um, how many people have read the, the message? Do you like the message translation? Have you read the message? It's kind of neat how the message, you know, um, it, it's a paraphrase of the Bible. It doesn't do a word-for-word -word translation, which we have many uh, great Bibles that do that. It kind of gives you that sense. So this is not the message. I don't know what we would call this translation, but I, I want to tell the story and give you the sense. And I've only changed two words in this, king and servant, and I think you'll pick out uh, how I've changed this parable. But I want it, I don't know, sometimes it helps us to just think of it differently so that we're not just hearing the same thing. So let me read this parable to you. It says this, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like the president of Wall Street, okay, who wanted to settle accounts with his stockbrokers, as he began, uh, as he began the settlement, a stockbroker who owed him ten billion dollars was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the president of Wall Street ordered the stockbroker, his wife, his two kids, Aurora and Wilberforce, their dog, their cat, their hamster, the yacht, and the house in the Hamptons, and all that he had to be sold. And at this, the stockbroker fell to his knees before him. He said, be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. And the president of Wall Street took pity on him, canceling the debt and letting him go. But when that stockbroker went out, he found his fellow stockbrokers who owed him a Starbucks gift card. And he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me. I need my Starbucks. Okay, his fellow stockbroker fell on his knees and begged him, be patient with me. I will pay for your, star or your Starbucks gift cards. But he refused instead, and he went off and had the man thrown in jail until he could repay his debt. The other stockbrokers filmed the whole scene on their cell phones. They outraged and posted the video on Facebook and emailed it to the president of Wall Okay, I've changed a couple other things in this, okay. Then the president of Wall Street called the evil stockbroker and said, you wicked stockbroker, he said, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow stockbrokers just as I had on you? In anger, the president of Wall Street hand him over to the feds to be tortured in New Jersey until they should pay back all that he owed. This is how the Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You know, we forgive because we have been forgiven greatly, right? We forgive because there is a debt that Jesus Christ paid for us that I cannot pay for. Impossible impossible. I cannot pay for that debt. Forgive your brother or sister from my heart. You know, 
So that was the parable where Jesus was trying to teach them about how to forgive like he forgives. There's also a prayer where Jesus taught this, and that's in Matthew chapter 6. Let's take a look at that prayer then. Matthew 6, 9, verse, verse, uh, Matthew 6, 9 through 15. And this is when Jesus said that this is how you should pray. Let's, let's say this together. Can we say this together right here? And I'm going to give a pause here, but let's do this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Stop. Stop right now. So we are about to pray that God would forgive us the way that we forgive others. That's what Jesus wanted us to pray. And we're about to do that. And I, I've said this prayer a thousand times and thought, what, you know, I've never thought of this. I need to take a look at what I'm about to pray here. Can we finish this up? Can we pray this? Let's go on. Let's just finish this up. And forgive us. Go ahead and go up there. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Wow. How many times have I prayed that and not been willing to forgive like Jesus Christ? And yet that's what the prayer he taught us says, that we are to forgive there. And then and you think, okay, you know, maybe we have a buy here. We can go into the Greek and find something, some reason we don't have to do this. It doesn't really mean that we're forgiving the same. You know, well, I, I've never read this. Look at the two verses after the Lord's Prayer. For if you forgive other people... When they sin against you, your heavenly Father will for also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Whoa, man. Look, I, you know, there, there's probably some nuance there. Uh, there's probably some ways to, to interpret that there. But that hit me, man. I mean, that is something that Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray. And so the thing I think we have to ask ourselves, so how does the Lord forgive us? You know, what's that look like? Can I, if I want to characterize, if I want to forgive like the Lord forgives, how do I do that? And let, let me kind of just give you three things here to consider. Um, and I want to, and this is where I really prayed for kindness and compassion. I know there are all kinds of relationships out there. I know that there are, some, uh, there are abusive relationships out there that are dangerous. I know that there are emotional trauma that the Lord has been healing you from, and it, it may be something that you're carried through, through a, a bit of time. Can I just say that I'm going to say some things here, and I'm not trying to say this is the, the scope. I'm saying, yeah, we do need to come to a a way of forgiveness, but the thing I'm really talking about here is in community, in our relationships, what's our 98% of the relationships that you have in there? 
what's that forgiveness look like, okay? So can I, I just have that kind and compassionate <laughs> point to you, okay? So that you're not thinking of all of these other different ways of this. So let's, let's just take a look at the, that, okay? So the first thing I would argue is that the Lord's forgiveness is active and not passive. You know, think back to where you came to be believe in Jesus Christ. Did Jesus Christ pursue you? Did you feel that? Did you ever feel that Jesus Christ was coming after you and that you were the only person in that service and it's like, my mail is getting read. And you could feel that Jesus Christ pursued you. As a matter of fact, you know, when you look at the Beatitudes, it says, it says blessed are the peacemakers, right? It's not the peace just comes along. Peace is made. You have to pursue this. And sometimes we have so many unhealthy response, responses when we have conflict. You know, there's the gossiper who goes up to the friends and goes up to everyone else and says, do you know what such and such did to me? You know, there's the avoider. You know, I've had friends that have ghosted me, you know, whenever we have conflict. And I've probably done that myself, you know, just ghost someone and avoid them. Or there's kind of that backshot guilter, you know, there's a backshot whenever you're playing pool, you kind of hit the ball in the back and it comes up and does the hit. There's kind of this, when you address the individual, you kind of give that backhanded compliment kind of stuff, you know, just to provide a little hurt there, you know. Let me just suggest a way of approaching someone that wrongs you. Um, and this is something that even Jeanette and I try to practice in our marriage, and that there's an act of forgiveness approach with friends and family when we have conflicts. And the first, I think, is we try to go to each other and reaffirm the relationship. Like before we start to go down the, you know, where that hurt is, I just want to reaffirm my relationship that says, Jeanette, I love you, you know? I, I'm there for you. And before we start anything else, I just want to reaffirm that relationship. And the second thing is I, I want to address the issue directly. And, and many times, let's face it, these things are hurts that we have in our lives. And, and I'll say something like, you know what? It really hurt me whenever this happened. And this is the way that I've perceived this. You know, when you did blank, it seemed to me, you know, and um, I've noticed that if I start off with that hurt, um, that that's 90% of the problem usually in the things that we do to one another is there's this hurt that's there. And I remember one time, uh, <laughs> Jeanette and I, early in our marriage, I still remember she was, she was sitting, and I think what had happened is I had, um, I had not given her something for her birthday, or I think it was her birthday. Yeah, it was her birthday. So I hadn't really done anything, you know, and she's sitting there and she's very upset and, and, and she's crying. And, and I said, and I'm there going, well, this is why I didn't do that, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm giving her the logic three list of this is why I'm doing that, you know, stuff like that. And I still remember her turning to me and she gave the classic line, don't tell me how to feel, 
<laughs> you know, when I told her, you shouldn't be crying right now, you know. And she was right, you know. I can't tell her how to feel, you know, how my actions had hurt her. So you have to address the, the issue directly. And the other thing is whenever forgiveness is offered um, and repentance, accept it and just say, you know what, I forgive you for that, you know. And, and sometimes I think we go, oh, that's not such a big deal. Don't worry about it. You know, the person is, is asked for repentance and let's offer forgiveness in a real world. You know, I, I, I really do want to speak to married folks today. You know, have you thought about what your path of forgiveness looks like in your marriage? Have you talked about how this is going to happen? You know, sometimes we don't figure that out until we've there's this crisis that's happened, but, you know, it's really helpful that before anything's happened that you actually know what that price process looks like. The other thing that we find, the second thing, so we address it directly, second thing is completeness. You know, there's a completeness to the Lord's forgiveness. Look at Psalm 103, um, 10 through 12. It says this, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, as far has, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You know, how completely do we forgive? Do we forgive like that? You know, I, I think sometimes we have kind of this freezer microwave forgiveness mentality, right? We forgive, but we put it in the freezer until we have the next argument, right? And then we get take it out, put it in the microwave, get it nice and toasty, and say, yeah, but this is what you did to me, you know? You know, is that forgiving completely? And the other, the, the last thing is we should forgive with an eye to restore the relationship. You know, let's, let's admit, relationships are two-way street. There's sometimes that restoration is not going to happen or it's going to be long off. But I can say, that's why I say have an eye to how can this relationship be restored. You know, it may, it may or may not happen. You know, there's another person involved in those things. But whenever I forgive, I want to try to have an eye of how can we restore this relationship. And, the, you know, the, the thing that I, I want to do is just really, as, as we end here, just think about how you forgive. And how do you forgive in conflict? Do you forgive in a way that is the same way that Jesus Christ forgives you? And that's what I would challenge us to do today. So let's pray, um, and I'll ask the worship team to come up. Father God, I, I do uh, pray that we get this wonderful time to worship you. And Lord, as we are worshiping, I just really pray that you would bring to um, mind what you've done to us. First and foremost, that you have gone out and you have forgiven us for our sins against you. We were enemies against you. We were blind to you. And you reached out to us. Help us to pursue others that we need to forgive. Lord, help us 
to take them out of bondage too and to restore relationships where we can, Lord. Father God, I love you so much and I thank you that we have this time to worship and I pray that you are speaking to our hearts right now. In Christ's name, amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org. Oh, hey, you're still here. You're like one of my favorite people. The kind of person that like sticks around after church while everybody else has left. Like you're still one of the last ones talking. You're like the podcast version of that person. And while I have you here, uh, if you didn't know, this is Pastor Dan. Uh, while I have you here, I just want to say, hey, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come to life if you're in the central Illinois area. If you're listening to this outside of central Illinois, go find a vineyard church. Vineyard churches are amazing places. Go find one near you. And if you're not near a vineyard church, then uh, just find a church, a community of believers that you can be involved with, be in community with. I think we are our best spiritual selves when we are in community with other people who are following Jesus. That's what the church is for. So we hope to see you here. And if not here, go find a community of believers that you can get involved with this week. All right. Thanks for listening. See you later.